Yo, if you don't shut up when I go, I'm gonna bash your head into the fucking desk. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Quarantine Machine and the We Can Do Better podcast. You are now listening to scene 22 of this transcendent experience. Daniel, Daniel the Dragon Rauschberger joins me. I am Thomas the Jet Martinez. We are connected via the beauty of the internet, via Skype, via Juan Pablo, one of my parents' employees here at Solmar Media, his Skype account. So, Daniel, there's a lot to get to today. It's a Monday afternoon that we record this. There's a lot to get to. How's it going? Yeah, Thomas, you can you can say that again. There's a lot to get to. There's a lot to and get to. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a lot to get to. I'm doing I'm doing well, you know. Doing great. It's a Monday afternoon, almost Monday evening. It's 5:10 p.m. I'm just chilling here. I'm chilling in my room, you know? How are you doing today? Daniel, I'm the same as I was on Friday of last week, and I'm the same that I will be on Wednesday. I'm going to continue to give you that same response. Listen, I mean, I woke up at 11 a.m. I worked out. You know, I usually I usually focus on push-ups because I pretty much could only do body weights at this time. But I was on TikTok this morning, and I saw this good, you know, ab workout. So I decided to do it. How about that? I did that, that this morning. Then I edited two interviews for my mom because she's been doing interviews about the pandemic, you know, interviewing doctors. Today she interviewed a Mexican-American kid who just graduated from high school and is going to Yale and how this pandemic has affected high schoolers. So I edited that. And now here we are talking on a podcast about sports when there's really minimal sports going on. Correct. There's not a whole lot going on. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we do what we can to entertain you all. You know, we do what we can to dig up whatever, whatever material, whatever content that we can find to give to you guys, you know, and uh, that's what we're going to do here today. It is a Monday. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we watched yesterday, we watched yesterday some content. And uh, that was the, the last weekend, the last two episodes the finale, the end of Michael Jordan and The Last Dance. It was beautiful. It was poetic, majestic. You know what I mean? What did you What did you take from uh, those last two hours, Thomas? Well, Daniel, what I'm thinking is, what are we going to be doing next Sunday night? Because my dad, he was he was home today for his lunch break, and he was watching Fox Sports One. Probably the first person I've ever seen watch Fox Sports 1. And they were talking about the Jordan documentary. And I thought it was funny that the opponent netless, but to talk about, you know, the buyer. But I thought it was an interesting documentary. A lot of people, you know, you know, they haven't seen the OJ documentary, Daniel. They haven't seen the OJ documentary. I think that one was better. 
MJ's documentary, if we're being honest, is pretty much propaganda for him to be considered the best player of all time. But I thought it was I thought it was well done for sure. I'm not taking away from Jordan Ayer, the director of the documentary. There's certainly a great attention to detail throughout whether it was having music that matched the year that they were talking about in the documentary, because you know, there was a whole time span throughout the whole thing from 1983 to 1998. But you know, back to last night. Last night was the last dance of the last dance. It was Jordan, Pippen, and Rodman beating John Stockton and Karl Malone in the 1998 NBA Finals. Daniel, the amount of times that I had to hear that they were mentally and physically exhausted made me mentally and physically exhausted. But it was it was surely an interesting story. Probably the most interesting thing that I gathered from last night. I mean, here I am with this vocabulary using the word gathered. Episode 9. I want to talk about episode 9 because that's when we go back one year and we talk about the flu game. The food poisoning game as it was revealed last night. I'm surprised that Michael Jordan would even reveal that. Not that it tarnishes that part of his legacy, but people are definitely going to look back at that moment differently now. The fact that Michael Jordan was feeling under the weather in that NBA Finals game in Salt Lake City in 1997 because he ate a whole pizza by himself delivered to him by five people. Daniel, that was ridiculous, right? Like, I'm not the only person. I mean, that was ridiculous. Yeah, no, it was absolutely insane. Like, the the story behind it and Michael just calling up his, like, trainer and his friend, like, hey, I'm really hungry right now. And the only place they could find open was his pizza place. Like, if I was your personal trainer and he said it, he's like, I have a bad feeling about this. Don't feed him the pizza. Like, don't give it to him. <laughs> like, just don't. How about that? That's a good idea, right? Also, that personal trainer, he definitely didn't have a bad feeling about it. It's been 20 years since that happened. You know that when Michael Jordan told him that, he was like, oh, I'm Michael Jordan's personal trainer. I'm not going to fuck this up for my career. I'm just going to do whatever he says. Let's get that pizza. Let him eat it. Well, he had to pay for it, Daniel. I mean, <laughs> you know who the real loser of last night was? The Salt Lake City pizza business. <laughs> I mean, are you serious? They're screwed from now on. As if they're, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they've been doing good recently because, you know, there's a pandemic and people aren't really going outside. People probably want pizza. But after tonight, I mean, I, I mean, after last night, I, I don't know, Daniel. Yeah, you know, uh, after last night, every single is a phenomenon. Every single pizza parlor in Salt Lake City closed. There, you cannot get any more pizza in Salt Lake City unless you make it yourself. Um, with that being said, you know, last night, you know, after the end of it all, we got another two hours of Michael Jordan taking the smallest things personally. Uh, you know, we all know every game. He's like, you know, he uh, <laughs> he talked, you know, smacked to me before the game, and I took that personally. He's like, you know, I, he, he looked me in the eye and I took that personally. That was what I used to fuel my fire for the next, you know, three seasons. And I, you know what I love? I, when, when Reggie Miller was a young, like a rookie or something, and he started talking smack to Michael Jordan, and then Michael came back after like putting on a show for the ages in the second half and said to Reggie Miller, you know, never talk trash to black Jesus. I was like, are you kidding? Like, it's, that's baller. That's and He just labeled himself black Jesus. You don't just do that. You know, uh, and, and, you know, we got to saying, you know, the, the, before we started this podcast about, you know, you were bringing up a bunch of tweets and it was like nobody. And then Michael Jordan said, yeah, I took that personally. Yeah. And I have another tweet, Daniel. I'm glad that we're on the same wavelength here. 
There's another tweet that says, quote, the waitress told us nothing beats their bottomless fries. You could say I took that personal, MJ. <laughs> I mean, this guy took everything personal. Are you kidding me? Like, I, I could, like, go for a high five while he goes for the fist bump. And then he, I'd be his mortal enemy for the next two years. Like, dude, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Like, you could have just like, said, all right, hey, like, why didn't you, like, why didn't you fist bump me there? I don't know, man. That's not what I was thinking at the moment. You don't need to make, you don't need to take out all of your life's pain out on me. Like, relax, man. Yeah, every time he's like, yep. And uh, that's when I put him on my list. I'm like, you have a list? Like, <laughs> he has a list. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what type of list are we talking here? I mean, oh, my God. He's going to kill him on the basketball court. It's insane. Yeah. This guy is yeah. just so cold. He's so much ice in his veins. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, oh, I, Lord. I saw another tweet. I don't have it open right now. I saw another tweet that said Michael Jordan went to a Chick-fil-A before the game and they didn't have the Chick-fil-A sauce. So he took it out on the other. So he took it out on the opponent who said after the game, if we knew that he wanted his Chick-fil-A sauce, we would have made it for him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It, I, like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I also want to echo the fact, like, you said, you know, hearing how many times they said they were mentally and physically exhausted made you mentally and physically exhausted. The entire time, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you went through an NBA season. Like, I'm pretty sure at the end of an NBA season, and back then, people didn't load manage, you know, like most players really played as much as they could. I'm pretty sure, like, if you're a team and you make it to the NBA Finals, I'm pretty sure almost everybody is mentally and physically exhausted. You know what I mean? Yeah, and another thing I want to talk about is Dennis Rodman, man. Who is this man? Who is this man? In the 1998 finals, what other player in NBA history could you hear that he went wrestling the night before the game and all his teammates are like, oh yeah, that's fine. He'll be back. (laughs) Like, what? It's insane. It's insane. And even more so, Phil Jackson was just like, yep, yeah, he did it. Greatest and then he coach comes out and he puts on like a show. Greatest coach of all time. Oh, yeah. Without <laughs> a doubt. Without a doubt. Phil Je- any other coach. You can name any other coach and they're going to find him. I mean, he was fine, but he would like sit him out for the beginning of the game or something. They were just like, no, nah, that's Dennis. Classic Dennis. There's no other athlete like that. Like the closest thing I could think of is Rob Gronkowski. But like even then, like he was a pretty good teammate. Like he never had any problems with the team. It was just like what he did off the field. And the biggest thing that I think of when it comes to that and Gronkowski is when he used the Lombardi trophy as a baseball bat and he dented it and they haven't fixed it because, oh, it's Rob Gronkowski. Like, that's so funny. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, classic Rob. You know, Rob's going to be Rob. And now he's back out of retirement playing for Tom Brady again. So, you know, there you go. You have that. uh, Take that for what you will. But um, anyways, Thomas, you want to say something? Yeah. Before we get on to our next topic, Daniel... I want to talk about the fact that when we get a Tom Brady documentary down the line, because it's going to happen eventually, we're probably not going to hear about the Tampa Bay part of it if it doesn't end up doing well. You know, when you talk about Joe Montana and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's not something that a lot of people who are casual football fans know about. And that goes for Michael Jordan and the Wizards. However, if Michael had decided to stay in Chicago, if Phil Jackson had decided to come back in 1999, because apparently the owner of the Bulls said that he was welcome to come back, despite what Jerry Krause said at the beginning of 1998. 
Do you think that the Bulls would have won that seventh championship? Daniel, what a unique question that I'm asking you. Something that no other sports podcast slash radio show today is asking. Yeah, you know, Thomas, if we don't get famous for this question right here, then I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And thank you for asking me that question. It's the question nobody else has ever had before. If you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to history. And my answer Honestly, dude, I have no idea. I mean, you know, who knows? It beats me. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. On to our next topic. Oh, you've been impressed since December 30th. What was the year? 1984. 84. Gloria. Thank you, Gloria. Thank you, Gloria. 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 That's jukebox. I want to stop it, Skip. All right, what's up, guys? So We Can Do Better is an amazing podcast that helps you learn about sports in the easiest way possible. You've seen me surprise my co-anger with absurd rants. So please, if you ever want to hear about our lives as sports fans, click the link in our bio on Instagram and Twitter at WCDBpod and use promo code THOMAS to get $20 off your first purchase. Just kidding. We don't have sponsors. Daniel, it's been over two years since we thought of this podcast, since we thought of the idea of building a podcast that we can do better podcast. And we built the roots of this whole project after, you know, me moving away from Miami and where we originally shot the first episodes in my house to our dorm in Jenny Murphy, room 306 at Florida State University. You know, it's a time period of 10 months that I think really shaped us and really changed the course of our lives. Now, Daniel, there's a few characters during that time period that are unforgettable to us. Really, really one or two. But we're going to talk about everybody who was our sweet mate in Jenny Murphy. Because Daniel and I, you know, we had a room of two people. Daniel was my roommate. That's it. But we shared a bathroom with three guys. And boy, did that cause a lot of things to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. We actually, at the end of the day, Thomas, we shared him. We shared a bathroom with three people, you know, at a time, but we ended up sharing that bathroom with at least five people throughout the year. It was quite a doozy. It was a roller coaster, uh, a big swing of emotions, you know, coming in, we knew that we finally had a two, three, that we were going to be sharing a bathroom with this many people. And honestly, we had no idea what to expect. We had no clue who these people were, who they were going to be, what they were going to be like. And we, we, we got off to a good start. We got off to a good start. We got off to a great start. You know, I remember going to Jenny Murphy on that first day, moving into Florida State University and meeting our RA, Victoria, whose name still bothers me because that's not how you spell Victoria. With my sister's name being Victoria, her name being V-I-T-T-O-R-I-A. Seriously, Victoria's parents, you guys, terrible name choice. Anyways, she was a great RA. She was a super, she was a wonderful, wonderful girl. And I think she was a senior that year at Florida State. She graduated after that year. But I feel like she always maintained a sense of calm amidst what was going on in the hall. And I don't think there was ever any like huge things that happened in our hall and any huge problems. But if there ever was anything, she seemed to resolve it with ease. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Victoria was, you know, always a rock for us students, for us, for us, 
dorm people, the people that were living in the dorms. That was us, you know. She was really, she was the glue girl, you know. Uh, she was the glue girl. She's what held together the dynasty of Jenny Murphy, you know, floor three. And a big shout out, I remember the first day that I was in the dorms, I needed a screwdriver. And I was like, oh, you know what, I'll go knock on my RA's door. You know, great way to meet her. And I knocked feverishly so many times because I was like, I really need this screwdriver. But alas, she never answered. So finally she popped her head out and she's like, oh, sorry, I was taking a nap. And I was like, oh, no problem. She goes, you know, I don't have a screwdriver, but let's go see if Jose does. And Jose, another RA for the hall, the floor that we were living on. But uh, we're not going to talk about him too much. Uh, Vittoria, yeah, you know, one of the top people, the first person I met from our floor, the second person I met was one of our suite mates. His name was Max. Daniel, I remember Max. I remember meeting Max like it was yesterday. You know, we thought we'd end up being good friends with this kid. He seemed like a cool guy. I think he was from Cape Coral. First person that I've ever met from Cape Coral. I mean, what a joke of a city. But uh, anyways, yeah, Max seemed like a nice person. You know, I'd see him riding around campus on his skateboard sometimes. And honestly, the things that I learned about Max, I learned the most from him from him being on the phone with his mom and being yelled at for having terrible grades, which I didn't expect, Daniel, because I forgot what major he was, but he seemed to be taking pretty difficult classes as a freshman. He wasn't doing well. Yeah, I remember he was a uh, he's a chemistry major, I'm pretty sure. And we actually had a class together. We had a class together. Max and I both shared our nutrition class. And lucky enough, that class was in the Sandals building. And if you know FSU's campus, Sandals, the Sandals building is right next to Jenny Murphy. Easy walk, a two-minute walk, you know, maybe even less. You could say a minute. It's a walk that you can make in Sandals. Yep, pretty much. That's great. That's a, that's a perfect analogy, Thomas, because I actually made that walk in Sandals. So... You know, did Max attend class a lot? No, not really. Did uh, I have to end up helping him out, you know, at the end of the semester? Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, but it was it was good. He was a nice kid, a good kid, good soul, right? Good intentions. Uh, however, when you have somebody going through college, I feel like your sweet mate matters because you spend a lot of time with them. And his sweet mate was, uh, he was quite a character, let's say. His sweet name's name, as you may know now, is Mark. I feel like Mark might as well be a character on this show, Daniel, because he's probably been mentioned on this show more than any non-sports figure in our lives. Mark Mark was a constant figure. He was a constant figure in our lives. It's It's been tough adjusting to life without Mark. You know, Daniel and I used to joke after I came back from studying abroad in Valencia when we were settling down in Quantum off-campus living at Florida State, we used to joke that we wished that Mark was our neighbor at Quantum so we could continue to hear him yelling through the thin walls that separated us because that's really how we got to know our sweet mates is because of those thin walls. Listen, Daniel and I barely talked to our sweet mates. We made no intention. You know, we didn't try at all to become friends with them. We had our own friends. But it was just so funny to hear what was going on in their lives, especially because of Mark. And this is what we know about Mark. So he had a friend named Gabriel, and he had a friend named Ramses, who's a f***ing idiot, bro. And that's how Mark talked. 
he had this distinctly Miami accent. I don't know if he was Venezuelan. I'm pretty sure we found out that he was Venezuelan later on. But he's from Doral in Miami. Don't ask us how we found out about that. Um, but he has these two friends. Uh, it it seemed like it seemed like Mark was, you know, he was involved in some illicit activities, but sure. yeah, <laughs> that we're not going to get into too much. But we we learned a lot about his life because Daniel, as you know, he would go into the shower. That we would oftentimes need to use because, you know, Daniel and I, we'd go to the gym. We lived in Tallahassee where it was 90 degrees plus outside. You know, we had to shower pretty often. So he would go into the shower, turn turn it on, and just sit on the toilet and, to, and talk to his girlfriend for over an hour. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Thomas, I can't tell you the amount of times that I'm laughing because I, I just remember the amount of times waking up. And we're like, okay, I got to wake up. I came back from class. I got to take a shower so I can get on with my day and then I can go to class, right? And it's like, okay, you wake up or not even that, not even just taking a shower. You just have to go to the bathroom, right? You just got to go to the bathroom before you leave to leave for the day. And all of a sudden, you hear the door slam on the other side. You hear your, <laughs> your door lock and you hear the shower turn on and you're like, oh, fuck. because... All of a sudden, you hear Mark just singing or whatever, or calling his girlfriend. And listen, listen, you know it's going to be like an hour and a half. Yeah. You know it's going to be an hour and a half when you hear that phone ring because he's going to be on the phone with his girlfriend for the beginning of time. And this girlfriend had no trust in him at all. You know, she always thought that he was cheating on her. I don't think he was because he's pretty adamant, even like when he wasn't talking to her. Just like talking to his roommates, he'd just be pissed about how his girlfriend thought that he was cheating on her. But wow, we learned a lot about his life. And the funny part, Daniel, is, you know, we heard them a lot in the bathroom because when they went to the bathroom, they'd be talking to each other on the other side of the wall, as we would probably do sometimes. But Daniel, we infamously lived in a hall where nobody cared how loud you were. I mean, I, I, I have the same Beats pill that I've had since freshman year of high school, and I would blast it at max volume at 3 a.m. in the morning, and it got to the point where I wasn't even playing the music to play the music. I was playing the music to find out if anybody would ever get upset because it was ridiculous how nobody gave a shit. Oh, yeah, no. It was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, there were so many times where we would just be, like, I don't know, watching a movie or something, and it'd be so loud. And they were like, we'd be like just playing music and like hanging on like a Tuesday night. On a Tuesday night. And it's like 2 a.m. And nothing. Nothing. No complaints whatsoever. I remember one time, I think Mark went to the bathroom and we were watching a movie. He's like, oh, bro, like, can you turn it down a little bit? And we were like, oh, yeah, sure. He went back to his room. We didn't turn it down. Huh. It's fine. <laughs> he didn't give a <laughs> Yeah, he didn't give a <laughs> And I remember it was the funniest thing ever. And uh, it was a night where you had to wake up early to go cover a tennis match. I'm pretty sure you were producing it. And I didn't have to wake up early, but I was like, you know what? I'll go to bed anyways. And it was probably 12.30 a.m., you know, 1 a.m. And all of a sudden, Mark it, Mark, and, like, everybody from our fucking uh, hallway decides to come outside, sit in front of our door, and just chat very loudly. Daniel... <laughs> I don't think I was ever as mad at Mark as I was that night. 
I think they went to a club or something. They probably came back from Bajas or something. And they were just talking outside. But why? But why do you have to talk in the hallway at 3 in the morning when you have rooms? So anyways, after 30 minutes of just waiting for somebody to stop talking, I came to the conclusion, listen, I need to wake up at 7 a.m. the next day, as you already talked about. By the way, that morning, I went to the den and I had breakfast with our good friend Connor. How about that? How about that? Anyways, so back to what I was talking about, Daniel. I just, you know, I went outside. And I was like, hey, guys, like, I'm really sorry. I need to wake up tomorrow. Would you mind just like going to somebody's room or something? And they're like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. And they followed suit. Now, this was Saturday night, Sunday morning. One week later, same thing happens. Same thing happens. And honestly, I don't think this bothered Daniel as much as it bothered me. But I pretty much forced Daniel to go out there that second night because I was not going to fall asleep. And I don't want to be the dick who ended, you know, their night of talking to each other on the floor of the hallway. I mean, I don't know why that was appealing to them, but I didn't want to end that for them two days in a row. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it wasn't even that. It was, they were talking, uh, it was Mark, and I think it was Ramses. I'm pretty sure I saw Ramses, like, in the flesh. And what what happened was that uh, Mark and Ramses were talking in our uh, in our neighbor's room. Like, they weren't even on the on the floor of the, of the, of the uh, dorm. You know what I mean? So I go outside, and I go... And I'm like, oh, crap. They're, like, trying to, like, you know, suave up on some girls and something like that. And uh, here I am knocking on their door. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and I open the door. And I'm like, hey, guys. I hate to be that person. But can y'all just... <laughs> and and uh, Mark was like, "You are you guys kidding me? Like, last week you asked us the same thing and all that. I'm like, listen, listen, listen. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I really... I really don't want to do that. And they were cool about it in the whole bit. So, you know, through the fire, they were really awesome people. I miss Mark. Like, as you said, I wish he was our roommate at Quantum. Like, so bad. So bad. Because our our I just, roommate? No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa no. Not roommate. Whoa. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> I wish he was our neighbor. Okay. I wish he was our neighbor. Because I just want to, I want the day where I can just walk out, cl- close the door, lock it, look over and be like, what's up, bro? And he'd be like, What's up, dog? And then we just walked to go to the bus stop. You know, I just want that. Is that too much to ask for, Thomas? Absolutely not, Daniel. Just hearing him, hearing you talk about him makes me smile. And honestly, like, he they were pretty, he was a pretty good roommate. I mean, a pretty good sweet mate, I should say. The only thing being that nobody in that other room cleaned the, the bathroom between our two rooms once but in the entire year. Maybe once Max decided, man, this is gross. But if we weren't there, Daniel... That bathroom would have contained the next disease to cause a pandemic. I'm saying it. Yeah. yeah, no, you're you're completely right. You're absolutely right. And I told my dad the same thing the other day. You know, I think we, I believe we were talking about like bathrooms or something, uh, and and stuff like that. I think there was a, a commercial for a bathroom cleaner on TV, and I said, "Wow, that's crazy." And he goes, "Yeah." I go, "You know what? That kind of reminds me of a disgusting bathroom, like the one I had in college." He goes, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." You know what? If Thomas and I didn't clean that bathroom every single week, sometimes more than once a week, I said, those guys would be so sick. It would be insane. Like, Thomas, the amount of times, the the, the dirtiness of that bathroom, I cannot get over. Daniel, you're lucky too 
because you didn't have the honor of doing the last thing, which was getting rid of our shower curtain at the end of the semester. Because you remember, I had to stay later than any of our friends for my cousin Alfie's graduation. And then there was this whole ordeal where I had to go to Spain five days later after finishing the semester. Uh, not even that. I think it was like three days later. But anyways, I had to get rid of that shower curtain. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was like it was yellow. It was completely yellow. It was disgusting. It was nothing that I ever want to be a part of again. Yeah, that that was that was gross. Um, you know what? We've been talking about Max a little bit and Mark, and that's only been two people. You know, there's been more people to blame for this dirtiness, this disgustingness of our bathroom than just Mark and Max. We had, like I said, shared this bathroom with three people at a time, and our first person was a guy named JP. This man was an enigma. I have no idea who he is. I don't know what he sounds like. Uh, all I know is a face. I put a face to the name, and every once in a while, I see him walking on campus. I know all he did was play video games, and he eventually left to go live in Sally. Thomas, what is, what's your interaction with JP, if you had any? Daniel, the only interaction I have with JP is remembering the fact that he's packing up boxes to move to Sally, as you said. I think I saw him at Swanee, the dining hall near Jenny Murphy once. But if you don't know Florida State, you don't know that Sally is probably the worst. No, it, it is it, the worst dorm on campus. Now, why would you move from one of the best dorms on campus and one of the best locations to Sally, which was roach infested, which had mold growing on it, which it was just terribly built. You know, it's built in like the 1970s. Florida State has pretty damn good dorms for a public university just compared to the University of Florida. I mean, we have no communal bathrooms, but still Sally is a pretty bad dorm building. I don't know why he moved there. Me either. I don't know either. I think all I know is that he wanted to move in with his friend to also play video games. And, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? Whatever floats your boat, buddy. It's one less person that has to use this bathroom. And for a while, everything was harmonious. It was beautiful. It was great. Like, it was, yeah, it was great. Listen, and Mark got to put together the beds. He was happy, so you wouldn't hear him complaining a lot. I remember right? that, yeah. Mark was yeah. in his peak mood right there. Yeah, yeah, it was great. You, you could not have a happier Mark in Ma- that moment. And Mark, it seemed like everybody around him, he would get pissed at, except for Max. Like, I feel like he only got ma- mad at Max once, but it feels like Max was that type of person who you can't get mad at. So, like, they yeah. had a pretty good relationship. But then came who we think was Chris. Now, obviously, this Chris figure, you know, if if we barely remember his name, he wasn't that memorable. But the most memorable thing was that we had a hurricane break freshman year. You know, there was a big hurricane whose name I don't remember. I think it was Michael. I'm pretty sure it was Michael, Hurricane Michael. And Chris came from Florida State's Panama City campus to Tallahassee. And he was in the room for a few weeks, right? Yes, uh, Chris was in the room for us. Since coming back a couple weeks after the break till the end of the semester. And, you know, Thomas, for a while, you know, you would think there's kids that are, you know, being put out of homes in Panama City. You know, their houses are destroyed. They can't go to school. There's no power. How are they going to live? And FSU extended their hand. And they said, hey, you know what? Come 
live in our dorms. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of you guys. And uh, there were some bumpy, uh, some bumpy roads with that transition. There definitely was, Daniel. Mark didn't like the idea of having a new roommate. He complained to our RA about it. And to no avail, really. But eventually, Chris, it seemed like Chris followed JP's suit. And he got way out of Dodge, Daniel. And then we get to our last sweet mate of this school year, really, which was Jalen. And I thought I would love Jalen, Daniel. And you know this because I had one memorable interaction with Jalen where our friends were over at our dorm. It was probably a Friday night or a Saturday night. And he comes in, he knocks on the door, and he says, Hey, Chipotle gave me an extra box, an extra bowl, and I don't want it. Thomas, do you want this bowl? Or he offered it up to all of us, and I said, Thank you, Jalen. I love you. And that was all I ever said to him. Yeah, yeah, those, I can, I can say it here that those were the words that came out of Thomas's mouth. Jalen, I love you. And he took the ball, he took the Chipotle. And from that moment on, Thomas was like, I love this kid. Uh, however, Jalen uh, did not know how to use a bathroom properly. <laughs> and for that reason, I did not love Jalen. So, you know, with that being said, it was a rough relationship for him and I. So there's this thing called flushing. Now, when you use the toilet, Jalen, I think it's either on the right side or the left side behind the toilet. There's this button that you press down and it flushes the toilet. So when you're using a toilet, make sure to do that because if not, then you're a disgusting human being. Daniel, take it away. Happy birthday, Mercedes Lewis. Oh, uh-huh.